Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team it's drive time now welcome to tribe talk on the cleveland indians radio network tribe talk is brought to you by cleveland clinic access the number one care in ohio anytime anywhere by subway the official training restaurant of the cleveland indians by KeyBank, the banking home of the cleveland indians Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. Indians opening play in the second half of the three-game series against the Athletics. And then they will be on to San Francisco to play the Giants before heading home to meet the Blue Jays next weekend. Coming up on this week's show, we are pleased to be joined by Indians manager Terry Francona, who had the, the tough ending to the first half, missing the final six games of the first half with the heart procedure that saw him spend some time at the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, we had a chance to visit with Tito and talk about how he's feeling and his thoughts on the second half for the Tribe. Where we are in the standings, we've kind of earned the right to enjoy how important every game is the rest of the way. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, and I hope we kind of choose to look at it like, hey, this is fun, man. We're right in the middle of this. Also, we'll visit with Indians Senior Director of International Scouting, Paul Gillespie, and talk international scouting and the international signing period. And he fills us in on some of the younger players in the Indians organization who are are just getting in there at the age of 16. And we'll relive some of the biggest moments of the season so far in our first half in review. Swung and grounded up the middle by the diving Andrews. Base hit center field. And Carnacion scores. Here comes Santana. The Indians have the lead. What a comeback. That's all coming up as Tribe Talk gets rolling from Oakland on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a Hollywood acceptance speech. I'm so surprised. I had no idea. 
I'd like to thank the progressive discounts that got me here. Safe driver, multi-car, paid in full, multi-policy. This is just such a big moment. And did I mention that I'm surprised? With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Oh, 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 and I want to thank my agents and all my discounts agents because we all have the same agent. Don't start the music! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Long winning streaks are hard in baseball. Maybe easier now when it comes to your financial life. Consider the hassle-free account from KeyBank. No maintenance fees, no service charges, no overdraft fees. With it, you just keep piling up the wins. It's one of the best managerial moves you'll ever make. And for a limited time, get $100 when transaction requirements are met for opening an account. That's what they call a win on top of a win. KeyBank. Use the red key. Member FDIC. Banking home of the Cleveland Indians. Tribe fans, business or leisure travel plans include Cincinnati and Atlanta? Think Ultimate Air Shuttle. Fly from downtown Cleveland's Burke Lakefront Airport, park for free, relax in a private lounge, and you're only steps away from boarding the luxury 30-seat jet, arriving in Cincinnati in just 43 minutes with continuing service to Atlanta's DeKalb Peachtree Airport. One price includes your flight, tax, parking, baggage, snack, and beverage service. Ultimate Air Shuttle, a VIP travel experience. For full details and schedule, visit their website at ultimateairshuttle.com. Hello, sports fans. Stop into a Subway restaurant today and pick up your Cleveland Indians American League Champions Collectible Cup. At only $2.99, it's like the extra bases of beverages, the moon shot of mugs. And because it's refillable, it can take care of your really big thirst all season long. Your Indians AL Champs Cup is on deck right now at Subway, and it's available until it's going, going, gone. Limited time only at participating restaurants while supplies last. Additional charge for refills plus applicable tax. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. Indians opening up play here in the second half of the season. And as we get going into the second half of the season, our show this week, we take a look back at the first half in review in which the Indians finished 47-40. and 40. They had some ups and downs, but the bottom line, seven games over 500 and two and a half games in front in the American League Central Division heading in to second half play on Friday night. And as we take a look back at the first half in review, we start with opening night in Texas. The Indians ended up sweeping the Texas Rangers in their season opening series. And on April 3rd, the newest Indian, Edwin Encarnacion, showed some of the power that the Indians were expecting when they signed him in the offseason. One ball, two strikes. Encarnacion. Digs back in there, and the one-two pitch. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to left, away out of here and gone. And we've got a 5-5 ball game. And Edwin Encarnacion with a little, some would call it a chicken wing, with the right arm flexed outward, or the parrot that he's carrying on that right arm, which ever you're a fan of, you call it whatever you want. But uh, no doubt about it, blast to left as Edwin Encarnacion paying dividends in his Indians debut here tonight. Two nights later, it was another impressive home run, this time with the Indians trailing 6-5 to five in the ninth inning. Shortstop Francisco Lindor continued his red-hot start at the best of times. Six to five, Texas Indians with the bases loaded, one out in the ninth, and the one-one delivery. A swing and a drive to deep right, away, back and gone. A grand slam. 
Jones have scored five in the ninth. And the Indians have climbed all over the Texas Rangers. How about that? What a meeting at home plate. And soon to be in the Indians' third base dugout. Francisco Lindor with a five RBI night. And a pair of home runs to put the Indians up nine to six here in the ninth. And a standing boo for Sam Dyson as he slowly trudges toward that first base dugout. The Indians have scored eight runs off their outstanding closer in two games. So the Indians had swept their season opening series in Texas. They were swept by Arizona on that season-opening road trip to come back at the 500 mark. On their first homestand, some dramatics, April 11th. The Indians were taking on the White Sox, and they were locked up in a pitcher's duel with the game tied at one in the 10th inning. And the early season marked the return of Michael Brantley, who was limited to just 11 games a season ago. That bothersome shoulder eventually shut him down before the season concluded. But he made the club out of spring training, showing that he was healthy and ready to go for opening day. And on that April 11th night, he came up big in extra innings. Now the payoff pitch. Swing a line drive, base hit down the left field line. It'll head toward the corner. Lindor hits third. He'll try to score. Lindor's coming home. It's a game-winning double. Michael Brantley has come through. And welcome back. Number 23. Walk-off win number one. And Michael Brantley, who agonized all last season because he couldn't help this club win at all, has gone oppo with a game-winning double down the left field line and into the corner. And Lindor flying home from first with a winning run. And the Indians in 10 innings have today defeated the Chicago White Sox 2-1. to one. So it was a dramatic win for the Tribe on their homestand, and they were back out on the road later in April, April the 21st, in Chicago, taking on the White Sox. A classic performance from Corey Kluber, a complete game shutout as the Indians won it 3-0. The set, and Kluber's pitch, runner goes, pitch swung on. Routine fly, shallow center. Lindor backpedaling. Lindor, the shortstop, makes the catch in shallow left center. Ball game. And Corey Kluber has his shutout. And the Indians have their first four-game win streak of the campaign. What a ball game by Corey Kluber as tonight he fires a three-hit shutout and blanks the Chicago White Sox by a final score of 3 to nothing. Brandon Geyer got the big blow, a two-run home run, but the story tonight was Indian Cy Young ace Corey Kluber. Then on April the 27th, the red-hot first-place Houston Astros came to Cleveland, and in a highly entertaining series, it was even up at one win apiece. The rubber match of that three-game series saw the Astros on top 3-2 to two in the seventh inning when Francisco Lindor once again came up big. Now the set by the right-hander, Davinsky. And the 2-0 pitch to Lindor. 
Swung out and belted to deep right center. Away, back and gone. Francisco Lindor, a two-run blast into the bullpen in right center. Off the unhittable Chris Davinsky. And the Cleveland Indians have the lead over the Houston Astros on one swing of the bat. Then in the ninth inning, it was Cody Allen to finish off the Astros for a big early season series win. Cody Allen, who had an incredible October to remember. Ten games in the postseason, no runs allowed, 24 strikeouts. Now the 2-2 pitch to McCann. Swing and a miss. Ball game. He chased a curveball in the dirt, and Cody Allen does it again. How about that? Astros at first and third, one out, and Cody Allen gets the numbers three and four hitters to end this ball game and ending it with a curveball in the dirt that McCann chased for a game-ending strikeout. What a series here in April between two of the real juggernauts in all of baseball. The Indians win the series, and they win the game 4-3. to three. Then it was on to the month of May. The Indians on May the 6th were in Kansas City and showing some of that comeback ability late in games. A good pitcher's duel saw the Indians trailing one nothing into the 8th inning. That's when Jason Kipnis came through with a big breakthrough hit. The right-hander raises his hands, the pitch, swung on, grounded up the middle, into center field, a base hit to tie the game. Brantley scores, and Carnacion stops at second. And a huge two-out RBI single right back up the middle by Jason Kipnis. Then in the ninth, it was some long ball heroics for the Tribe. First, Carlos Santana. The 2-0. Swung on, socked high in the air to right center and deep. Soler is back at the wall, and it is gone! A towering home run to right center by Carlos Santana. And he comes through with a huge two-out homer in the ninth to put the Indians on top by a score of 2-1. to one. And then Francisco Lindor. The next pitch to Lindor, and he swings and drives it to deep right. This ball's got a chance. It is gone! Into the Indians' bullpen. Back-to-back jacks. Lindor makes it a 3-1 Indians lead. So a nice 3-1 win for the Tribe on May the 6th. Later on in the month, back home in Cleveland against the Tampa Bay Rays. One day after making his Major League debut, Bradley Zimmer picked up his first Major League hit. Zimmer is 6-5, really spread out at the plate. And about as open a stance as you'll see. He lays that bat on his back shoulder. Now the pitch to him from Alex Cobb. Swung on, hit pretty well. Deep left field. Dickerson back this ball off the top of the 19-foot wall. Bradley Zimmer in standing with his first major league hit. An RBI double the other way. Chisinau scores. The Indians trail it 6-1. to one. And that baseball will head to the Indians' dugout. And they're on their feet at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Lonnie Chisinau scored with ease, and Zimmer pummeled that ball the other way, high off the 19-foot wall in left. 
Well, that's a way to calm the butterflies. The 0-1 pitch to Bradley Zimmer from Alex Colomay. Swung on. This is hammered. Deep right center field. It is gone. How about that? Bradley Zimmer with a line drive homer over the wall in right center field. His first major league hit and RBI in the third. His first major league homer here in the ninth. Hey, Bradley, get rid of that apartment in Columbus. Wow. So a big night for Zimmer, who has gone on to have an outstanding rookie season. We continue on in the month of May. The Indians now in Houston to take on the still American League leading Houston Astros, the team of the best record in the league. And the Indians would put together a three-game series sweep led by the rapidly heating up bat of Edwin Encarnacion. The set, the pitch. Swung on and driven. Deep left field. Away, way back. Gone to the second deck. Edwin Encarnacion. A no doubt about it. Two-run bomb to the second deck in left. Oh, did he put a charge into that baby. So with that series sweep, the Indians completing the season series, taking five of the six games played between the Indians and the Astros. We'll see if that's a harbinger of things to come this October. May the 30th, the Indians taking on the Oakland Athletics in Cleveland, a 9-4 win for the Tribe over the A's. But the big story on that night was Trevor Bauer on the mound. Bauer's amped up, folks. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Swung on, popped foul off to the right, one and two. Power one, strike away from a new career high. Seven to three Indians, seventh inning. The wine, the pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him with a curve. Power strikes out Davis. It's a career high, 14 strikeouts for Bauer. The last nine Oakland outs have been strikeouts. And keep an eye on Bauer. That's another key to the Indians' fortunes in the second half. On we go to the month of June. Big series with the Los Angeles Dodgers in town to take on the Tribe. A rare appearance in Cleveland in interleague play for the Dodgers. And it was another Indians' strikeout milestone for Corey Kluber. Two and two, the count on Puig. One out, runner at first. Now Kluber stretches and delivers. Swing and a miss, strike three. Puig is down on strikes. The fans love it. As Corey Kluber has struck out his fifth. And the fans like it because Puig has struck out. But for Corey Kluber, that is his 1,000th career strikeout. And that is noteworthy as Kluber has become the fastest pitcher in Indians history to reach a 1,000 strikeouts. This is his 148th appearance. Bob Feller previously held the record at 167 games. Corey Kluber piling up the strikeouts. So how about that? Kluber once again mentioned in the same breath as Bob Feller, the quickest to reach a 1,000 strikeouts in his Indians career. And what a month of June it was for Kluber coming off the disabled list, fully healthy and throwing the ball as well as he ever has, which is saying a lot. June the 20th, Indians in Baltimore to take on the Orioles. Edwin Encarnacion still red hot at the plate. 
And in the first inning, hit one in Baltimore into the upper deck where few have gone before. Now the 3-1 to Encarnacion. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to left. Oh, forget about it. Gone. What a blast to deep left by Edwin Encarnacion. Into the second deck in left. This guy never hits a ball anymore into the lower deck. Encarnacion with his 17th homer. 39 RBIs. The Indians lead it 2 to nothing. He hit three home runs into the upper deck in Minneapolis over the weekend. He goes into the second deck in this three-deck affair in left field. Holy smokes. Later on in the month, June the 26th, the Rangers in town to take on the Indians. It was all Texas early as they took a 9-2 lead in the fourth inning over the Indians. But there was no quit in the Tribe on this night, one of their best comebacks of the season. The 0-1 pitch. Swung and grounded up the middle by the diving Andrews. Base hit center field. And Carnacion scores. Here comes Santana. The Indians have the lead. What a comeback. Lonnie Chisinau, his third hit, three RBIs. A hot shot grounder back up the middle into center field. The Rangers have their 15th blown save of the year. And the Indians have their first lead of the night. Down 9-2. to two. The Indians now lead it 10-9. Goody's pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Got him with a slider. What a comeback for the Indians tonight. They beat Texas 15-9, scoring the last 13 runs of this game. The Indians were down 9-2 coming to the plate in the bottom of the fourth inning. They staged their biggest comeback of the season. And as always, when the Indians put up big numbers offensively, one of their biggest contributors, Jose Ramirez, voted into the All-Star game as the starting third baseman for the American League with an outstanding first several months of the season. And when you look at May, June, and July, the entire months, tough to pick out just one highlight for Jose Ramirez. He was outstanding on a nightly basis for the Indians. Jose Ramirez... He's raised that batting average here over the last eight days, almost 40 points. Just unbelievable run he's been on the pitch. A swing and a line drive, base hit into right. Lindor being waved home, now the stop sign is put up. Scrambles back to third before he can be picked off. He's done it again. Nine consecutive multi-hit games for Jose Ramirez, and the Indians have loaded them up. I mean, this is beyond fantasy land with Jose Ramirez. Nine consecutive multi-hit games, 23 hits total in the nine games. Well, we went to the month of July, July the 1st, Indians in Detroit to take on the Tigers. And another highlight that Indians fans are getting used to hearing, Bradley Zimmer in center field making a spectacular catch. He's ready in the pitch, swung on line shot, deep center, Zimmer racing back, diving, made the catch, parallel to the ground, hung on with a sensational play by Zimmer. But took with his hands to his helmet, 
running towards second in disbelief. Andrew Miller with his hands raised to the sky in thanks. And Bradley Zimmer just made another sensational running, leaping, diving catch. Wow. Well, it doesn't get any better than that one. And that was all part of a winning weekend in Detroit. Same held true heading into the All-Star break as last Friday night, the Indians taking on the Tigers at Progressive Field. And Carlos Carrasco finished up an impressive first half of the season, saving his best for his final timeout before the All-Star break. The 2-2 pitch. A swing and a miss. Went with the off-speed breaking ball. Carrasco has struck out a season-high 11. And Carlos Carrasco, the last seven outs by the Tigers have been strikeouts. So the Indians headed into the All-Star break with that 47-40 and record and a two-and-a-half game lead in the American League Central Division. Hopefully a lot of nights to remember in the second half coming up as the Indians try and make it to the postseason and perhaps a World Series for the second straight season. We'll see. A lot of work to do, but certainly a great foundation to build from. And it all starts this week here in the San Francisco Bay Area. This three-game series against Oakland here at the Oakland Coliseum. And then the Giants for three at AT&T Park in downtown San Francisco. Stay tuned. We have more to come as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. Indians and Athletics meeting this weekend to get play started coming out of the All-Star break. This week we catch up with Paul Gillespie, who's the Indian Senior Director of International Scouting and the International Signing Period to bring in free agents signed from Latin America and elsewhere throughout the globe. That started on July the 2nd, and the Indians... Off to a nice start in that area. Some good prospects that they have brought into the system. The biggest key and, and perhaps the biggest difference from the amateur draft, which was just completed back in June, players are eligible to be signed out of wherever. And in the Indians' case, it's the Dominican Republic and Venezuela for most. But they can be signed at the age of 16. So teams can get in on a player at a very young age. Of course, that presents some challenges because you're trying to predict what that player would look like four, five, six years down the road. And that can be a difficult proposition. And Paul explains just how tough it is sometimes and challenging it can be when you're dealing with youngsters at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, these kids, like you said, these kids are, are really, really young. Um, so it's it's really our job to, to go and evaluate them and scout these guys as, as much as possible and, you know, try to get in there and, and get to know them uh, as much as possible to off the field to, you know, to kind of see, you know, the type of kids they are, um, the type of people they are, and the potential that they have to grow not only as players uh, but also as, as people. And when we talk about these youngsters who are coming into the Indians organization, they are signed as free agents. It is not a draft situation like you see in the U.S. And, and how much more challenging can that make it, just having it be wide open in Latin America and beyond? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. As you said, it's, it's not a draft. So, uh, you know, every team doesn't have, you know, the exact um, number of chances to pick. So um, it's sort of, uh, I like to look at it as it's sort of where, amateur scouting sort of meets major league free agency um, there's a ton of opportunity to go and 
you know, we tell our guys we go, we do the work, um, evaluate the players, get to know them. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, you have a chance at, at, at really any player. Does it strictly come down to money in most cases, or are there things that the Indians can present as an organization that are attractive to these youngsters when, when you go and try and sign them? Yeah, just like anything, I think money is, is certainly a factor, but um, I think our development system um, and our, is one of the things that we certainly we talk to the players about and the things that we, um, and as far as the things that we can offer. Um, but when we go down there, we really try to show them what our organization is all about and, and show interest in the kids, get to know them, and make them feel comfortable with us. So at the end of the day, it, you know, money is important, but sometimes it's comfort level of, of the place you might be going, um, and which gives you gives the players, uh, you know, the feeling that hey, if I go here, I, I really have a chance to grow and develop, um, like we've done with with so many players. Well, let's talk about some specific players. A shortstop, Aaron Bracho, 16 years of age, out of Venezuela. What do you like about him, and see for the future from him? Yeah, no, we're really excited about Aaron. He's a, a switch hitting, uh, switch hitting middle infielder, um, really athletic kid. Um, just you know, has a just dynamic athleticism. Um, we really like uh, his his bat to ball and a chance for hit for some power in the future as well. Um, the interesting thing about him is he has kind of been on um, some of the showcase circuit too here in the United States. He played in uh, Perfect Game National, which is a big uh, a big sort of showcase for uh, draft players, draft eligible players um, here in the states. And you know, he was about two years younger than everyone there and, and really held his own so we're really excited about him a really great kid comes from a really good family um, he has, has tools and we think he's got a really good chance to, to stick at shortstop and uh, you know hit from hit for some average and power from both sides of the plate and if he can't uh, stay at short we think he has a chance to be a really good player uh, at second base as well Another young player, 16 years of age again out of the Dominican Republic, an outfielder, George Valera. And what stands out about George? Yeah, George, another another really kid that we're another great kid that we're really excited about. He uh, uh, interesting thing about him is he was actually uh, born in New York and he moved down to the Dominican Republic to train um, in San Pedro. Um, so George, another another really great kid, really good makeup kid. Um, the thing that sticks out about him is uh, is his swing. Really beautiful, loose left-handed swing. Uh, we think he has a chance to hit for some average and power, um, and you know he's done it in game situations for us. And he's kind of really built a, a track record and a name for himself in terms of um, just his his ability to to perform in in the games. Um, so he was sort of heralded along with uh, Aaron as two of the top bats in the in this year's class. Paul Gillespie joining us, Indian Senior Director of International Scouting. And Paul, you, you've been with the organization right around 10 years now in different capacities, including amateur scouting, pro scouting, and now international scouting. What do you like about, about the international side of it that, that you're getting into now? You know, yeah, I, uh, it, there's a lot, a lot to like about international scouting. As you mentioned, I've um, sort of been fortunate enough that the organization has given me an opportunity to uh, – to sort of be a part of all of our scouting departments, uh, but the international side, it's uh, the thing that excites me and our and our staff the most is there, there's just such an opportunity here um, with these young kids. You know, we all kind of really enjoy the chase that this kind of brings. That you can just go out and um, you can just really try to outwork the other teams. It's a it's a it's certainly a competition. Um, 
but just just the youth of the players, the chance to, to get kids, mold them, develop them, watch them grow. Um, as you guys know, we have a tremendous player development um, system where you know we, we develop kids not only on the field, but we really take great pride in develop them, developing them as, as young men too. Um, so there, there's just, again, to answer your question, just a, a great opportunity here to, uh, to, to secure young players and to bring in young talent for the organization um, and, and watch them grow. And obviously there's a lot of travel involved. And you mentioned a couple of the kids actually had gotten some exposure here in, in the United States. But, uh, for instance, Venezuela, not the easiest country right now from a political standpoint. Are there challenges from a safety standpoint when you and the other scouts go down and, and try and find some kids in, in countries like that where it, it's not necessarily like it is here? Yeah, that's a great point, and uh, there, there is a, an unfortunate situation going on um, in, Ven- in Venezuela right now, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, so a lot of the times, some of the kids they uh, they take them to other other countries, and they're so they're able to go to uh, Aruba. Sometimes they come over to the Dominican Republic and and some of these other places, so where it's uh, a little bit safer for for uh, for scouts to to go watch and evaluate these players. So it, it is a challenge. Uh, we have a staff. Uh, down on the ground in Venezuela, who, who does a great job of getting to know these players, um, scouting them. You know, obviously they uh, submit their scouting reports, so we have information coming on, coming in on all those players um, all over the world, really. Um, but but that that does present a challenge. But we have you know the staff and the manpower to kind of meet those challenges head on. And you look at the current roster, and an all-star in Miami next week will be Jose Ramirez. $50,000 or thereabouts signed when he was just a youngster. Is that what kind of keeps you guys going, finding the next Jose Ramirez who is signed as an international sign and, and goes on to great things in the big leagues? Absolutely. I mean, it just it just goes to show you, you know, you, you hear about the kids at the top of the class, um, you know, the players that are in the media, on social media, you know, all the players that, you know, sort like uh, – Bracho and Valera, for example, but there are so many players down there, and so many players that you know will sign for you know small amounts of money that will become major league players. So we tell our guys it's a it's a never-ending process of going trying to to find uh, players who have a chance to be um, to have to provide some major league value. They come in all shapes and sizes, so uh, that's that's definitely something that that keeps us going. There's you know a lot of these kids sign when they're 16. Um, but there are also kids that, you know, at that time, uh, when they were first eligible, they were passed over and they'll sign at 17 or 18 or 19. And those kids are still making the big leagues. So, um, like I said, there's, there's an unbelievable uh, opportunity here for us to, to just go and try to get as much talent for uh, the Cleveland Indians organization. Paul, great to have you stop by. This was fun. And safe travels. I know there's more coming up for you. It never ends. But I uh, appreciate you coming by for a little bit. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, we're uh, we're up. Just after July 2nd, our guys, uh, they hop back down to, uh, to the Dominican Republic two days later. So and I'm going to head back down on Sunday. So it's, uh, it's exciting. We're going to keep going and um, keep trying to do the best we can. That's Paul Gillespie, the Indians Senior Director of International Scouting, the International Scouting Period and Signing Period just completed and uh, certainly for the Indian scouts in that part of the globe they'll be back at it as Paul mentioned and it is a year-round never-ending process. Stay tuned we'll have more to come of Tribe Talk as we continue from Oakland after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk as we join you from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. 
And great to have Indians manager Terry Francona back in the dugout after missing the final six games heading into the All-Star break and also the All-Star game in Miami due to the heart procedure and things looking good. He's uh, feeling better back in the dugout for the first time in a while. We had a chance to visit with him on Indians warm-up on Friday night. And he said the best news for him was just being back in that manager's seat. You know, last night, you know, we had a long flight out here and we had the optional workout. And I think I was the first one to get dressed. You know, it felt good. Things you take for granted. Um, I, I don't have a problem owning up to the fact of how much I missed it here. You know, I love coming here. I love the people here. Um, and I missed it terribly. Now, the good side of it is, you know, Millsy and the staff and the way the players handled everything really made me proud. But I, I missed coming here a lot. And you had a different perspective on things while you were at the clinic. And what was that like, especially maybe hearing how people who work there and, and other yeah. patients talk about the ball club while you're there? Yeah, it's funny because you'd hear sometimes people maybe yelling when we'd score a run or something, which is pretty cool, or nurses or, you know, people working there. But it's hard for, I mean, as a manager, you get frustrated sometimes because you can't always influence the game as much as you would like. And when you're sitting there watching on TV, it's way worse because, you know, it's the way you make your living and you're helpless, and that's not a good feeling. I mean, it gave me something to look forward to during the day, but, man, is it hard to be on the other side of it like that. Was there a way for you, or were you allowed to even communicate with, with Brad and, and the coaching staff during that time? Yeah, Millsy was great. And Chris Antonetti is like, you know, Mother Teresa. I mean, he's unbelievable. I don't know how he ever sleeps. But, yeah, Millsy and I talked every day, every night and every day, about lineups and things. And, and the other thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to make it harder on Millsy. you got to remember, you know, managing is one thing. So when you're the bench coach and then you're managing, you're, you're not really managing your team. I mean, you're trying to s- somewhat do what the other guy would do. And, you know, he also has his bench coaching duties. So it's almost like you have one hand tied behind your back to boot. And, and I don't think it's all entirely fair. So I kind of wanted to leave him alone because he knows what he's doing. And just to wrap it up, how are you feeling and, and how much more do you have to go before you, you feel like yourself, like you're supposed to? You know, I, I think I'm a little beat up. I was probably beat up before that. But, you know, I, I think the week was hard on me. You know, I'm a little tired and a little bit run down. But, and i got to get my strength back. But I'll, I'll do it. I mean, I got up today, like I was telling you before, I got up and found a place to swim. And, you know, I'm kind of easing back into a little bit, which feels good. Um, this isn't the best lifestyle for, for trying to gain strength, especially, you know, the last couple months of the year. But I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll cut some corners in some places. And I, today I got off my feet for a little bit and took a quick nap. I'll try to do some things that maybe I wouldn't have done in the past. There's a big second half coming up. We'll get to that after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back. It's our final segment of Tribe Talk, and we continue our conversation with Indians manager Terry Francona. Looking ahead to the second half, certainly the Indians well-positioned with a two-and-a-half game lead in the division. And we asked Tito what he liked in that first half that has him encouraged about the Indians' prospects in the second half of the season. I thought for a while we've been playing with more purpose. You know, I I think, again, you're not always going to win, but when you lose, it doesn't derail you. And I think we've been doing that much better job of that. Um, and I think it starts with your starting pitching. You know, with it, it's probably not a coincidence when Kluber came back and got on that run, we started playing better. 
um, you know, when your starting pitching gives you a chance every night, that's a good way to play. Um, you know, we've been inconsistent, not maybe as much as we were early in the year, but I think we can withstand it now, you know, because you've got to be mentally tough in this game to, to go through ups and downs. And I think, you know, when you look at it, where we are in the standings, we've kind of earned the right to enjoy how important every game is the rest of the way. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, and I hope we kind of choose to look at it like, hey, this is fun, man. We're right in the middle of this. I mean, if you look back five years ago, people would be thrilled. Where you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that we're happy with our record, but I think there has to be a perspective sometimes because you can't make yourself, put yourself in a mood where it's like, oh, we got to do better. We know that, but, but now we have it in front of us, and we, it's, it's our time to shine. That's Indians manager Terry Francona, and that in and of itself is great news, just being able to talk to the Tribe skipper after a touch-and-go situation at the end of the first half where he spent some time at the Cleveland Clinic, had a heart procedure, but great to see him back in the dugout, and uh, hopefully he stays there throughout the second half and gets feeling better and stronger with each passing day. That's going to do it for this edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this weekend, and we'll join you next weekend back home at Progressive Field when the Indians take on the Blue Jays. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Boy, don't go away, folks. This has got a chance to be a classic ending. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.